Hello and welcome to another episode of Balls and Whistles, a Highland news and media podcast looking at everything that's been going on in the world of sport this week. I'm Andrew Henderson and as always I'm joined by sports editor Will Clark. Will, are you still on the high after the Calcutta Cup last weekend? I was, yes, but uh, with the announcements to the football season being suspended and back to a low again. Yes, it hasn't been great. We obviously talked about the League One, League Two, Highland League, etc., etc., being suspended in our very first episode when we were joined by Johnny Clark from the Northern Scot. We have reached out to the Northern Scot again today and we're joined by Chris Saunderson. Chris, how are you doing? Not bad, I'm too. Well, find yourself. A bit cold, but surviving. Oh, it's been one of those weeks, hasn't it? It's absolutely ridiculous, the, the weather oh. at the minute. Uh, but Chris, you've been commentating, I think, a bit over the last week while for Elgin City as well, haven't you? Yeah, I was doing their um, live streaming commentaries before the obviously football shut down again. So that was quite good. It was fine. I was able to get to see some live football. Um, and then even for a while, they had some fans back in. So it was good. It was grand. So it was disappointing when it, it got suspended, but fingers crossed it might get it back at some point in the next few while. Well, let's just start there then, because there was a proposal out that League One, League Two clubs would submit testing every week in an effort to get back playing. That hasn't happened, and that must just be such a huge blow to Elgin that they're not going to be back in action this month. Yeah, definitely. The, the chairman is actually going to be talking about that they were willing to spend up to £1,000 to get regular testing done of the players, which you know, is no, not an insignificant amount of money for a club like Elgin, so... From that perspective, it's, it's disappointing. Um, I can understand the health reasons, but when the top two leagues are carrying on, if there was a proposal to introduce testing at the lower leagues, then I don't see why they maybe could have reintroduced it. But obviously the, the government's decided that's not going to be the case and we'll have to wait until a review in March the 1st to see if there's any hope of getting that league back anytime soon. Does it feel like there's a bit of a double standard from, from Algon's point of view or... It's maybe quite easy to be bitter, it's maybe not quite the right word, but that sort yeah, of... I suppose at the top two levels, most of the players are full-time, so it is their job. I mean, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of comments saying, well, it's not an essential job at this time, and I suppose football isn't, but in many ways, football is essential to a lot of people's mental health, you know. And the lower leagues are part-time, they have other jobs, so it's a bit more difficult maybe to keep players safe and people around the club safe when when it's not their full-time job and they're not in a a bubble as you like you know so they're out in circulation in society although I mean I suppose players at Ross County and Cali level they're still out and about in society as well even though football is a full-time job so I I, I wouldn't say there's double standards just just a disappointment but um, I think it's just the way it is we just have to live with it at the moment. And what about financially then? Because I think that was maybe one of the reasons a lot of clubs were quite relieved at the start of the season that they didn't have to test. But obviously, if they do introduce that for League One and League Two over the next week, while that's going to hit a club like Elgin, how how much of a hit would that be, do you think? Oh, it'd be fairly significant. Although I think Elgin were looking at using some of the money they got from uh, James Anderson, obviously three million investment in Scottish football and some other. I think about 100,000 they got through in our government payout. So I think they were looking to use that to offset that. So hopefully it wouldn't impact too greatly over and above their normal finances. But clearly clubs like Elgin are struggling at the moment financially and all their players have gone back on furlough. So um, it's, it's difficult financially, definitely. And Will, you were kind of talking to the Highland League about the same sort of thing. 
testing might not be an option for some of those clubs. No, I spoke to the SHFL Secretary Rod Houston earlier this week and um, basically he's saying if they are put into a position where they're going to have to pay for testing costs, it could be financially unviable for a lot of these clubs, if not most of the clubs, to be honest. Um, And I reckon this could be the main factor in whether the Highland League does restart this season or not. Um, I spoke to Nairn County Chairman Donald Navison. He says they'd be prepared to pay for testing costs for the Scottish Cup game with Montrose, but they've got uh, 13 games left to play in the Highland League this season. And testing costs are going to be 50 to £60 a pop, as he put it, which is about £1,100-£1,200 a game, a training session. It could be twice a week. For these clubs, they're looking at a 20 grand bill for testing costs if they're forced to do it uh, this season. For most of these clubs in the Highland League, that's not affordable. And if they're put into a position where they're told, yeah, you're going to have to carry out the testing or not play at all for the rest of the season, most of these clubs, I think, are going to choose the latter. Because, you know, Highland League clubs, they're not as well off as the Premiership or the Championship or even League One or League Two. Um, Because Highland League clubs, they only got £33,000 from the Scottish Government. So it's going to be interesting to see in March when the review is held if testing is going to be necessary and if the Highland League is going to be backed into a corner. And you mentioned the Scottish Cup there. I don't think we really talked about that when we started the podcast last month, but usually you'd say that's quite a good money spinner for clubs in the Highland League. You know, you look at Bucky being drawn against Cali Thistle, for example, but if the Scottish Cup doesn't go ahead, that's not going to help anybody make up these costs. No. As you said, they're usually money spinners. Uh, Huntley, if they beat Dumbarton, they play Aberdeen. Um, You're excited about that one. Right. Well, I would if I would be allowed into it. Um, <laughs> Brewer Rangers, they've got hearts at home, but they're going to be missing the fans as well. And on top of that, if it does go ahead and if testing is brought into play, it's going to be a huge bill for them. So there has to be a question asked if the Scottish Cup is viable as well. Um, because I know most teams that are still at the second round stage, there's very few teams that have actually qualified from the second round into the third round, um, apart from the Premiership teams. So a question has to be asked about the Scottish Cup as well. Can it be brought into next season? Well, it's not like there's an option to cut the competition short, but still have a winner at the end of it, the way that they're maybe talking about changing the format of some other leagues. I I know, I think in League One and League Two, they're now talking about potentially an 18-game season. Chris, is that right? Yes, I was reading that. I mean, it's already supposed to be down to a 27-game season from the normal 36 games and if, if that still stands, they're only a third of the way through that season. So to cut it by another nine, I think that's probably what they're going to have to do. Because, I mean, otherwise, they're going to have to get an extension of the season to get some of these leagues finished. I mean, we're talking about the Highland League. Teams haven't even played a game yet in the Highland League. And I know it's only going to be a 15-game season, but where do you fit in 15 games between March and May in the Highland League? It's just, it's, it just doesn't seem as feasible, but... Um, and, and on the subject of the Scottish Cup, well, you I mean, you're a man of influence and I think we'll get you to cover the, the Huntley Aberdeen game for the Huntley Express. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Good stuff. I appreciate that, Chris. Um, but do you think the Scottish Football Association are dithering to making a decision? Because 
I spoke to Nairn St Ninian this week, um, uh, in particular the treasurer, James Wallace, who didn't hold back on um, criticising the SFA. He's basically called them rudderless and a lack of leadership in making a decision um, regarding the lower league football this season. The Antarctic decided enough was enough. They weren't waiting around. They've decided to pull out of the junior season. Jenga could be a house of cards if others follow. I think so, certainly. I think the higher league, I, I, my gut feeling is I, I can't see the higher league being completed. I think they'll, they'll pull the plug in that. We'll have to. Um, they'll just have to declare that null and void because it's it's even even playing a 15-game season is looking nigh on impossible now, you know, given the fact it's, you know, players are going to be out of action for two months. They need to prepare again. So before you know it, you're into the summer and, and that's with a pyramid system that just isn't going to work. So um, I think I think maybe a wee bit unfair to say the SFA didn't because I think obviously they're, go- they're going to have to be led by this on government, you know, because ultimately, it's a it's a political and a health decision, not just a football decision. Um, but uh, I I I can't see beyond the top two leagues much football getting finished this season. I really can't. And that would be a disaster for Elgin City as well, who are doing so well in League Two at the moment. Um, Queens Park are probably going to romp League Two if it if it goes ahead. But Elgin City, every chance of uh, finishing in the top playoff spot. Yeah, they were they were. They were going great guns before this recent lockdown. You know, they were sitting second, six wins out of nine, and in good form. And they were looking just going back to the Scottish Cup. They were looking forward to a big game with United at home. You know, um, so it, it came at the worst time. And obviously, last season was suspended when Elgin were sitting in the playoffs and declared null and void. But so it could be two seasons in a row. Elgin denied a playoff chance. But I suppose it is what it is. Is to coin a, a phrase that a lot of people are using it at the moment. We just have to get on with it. There's, there's bigger things than, than sport. I'm quite glad you mentioned the pyramid there, though, because if League One and League Two can finish, even if it's an 18-game season, and the Highland League is null and void, there's no promotion relegation again. And that was obviously a very controversial thing last year. Unless, I mean, in that instance, if the Highland League doesn't get played but the Lowland League, which is a lot further on, you could end up with a playoff between the Lowland League champions and the bottom of League Two. And unfortunately, the Highland League would have to miss out in the playoffs this year. I mean, that would be an option if League Two and the Lowland League get finished to to avoid you know that scenario again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was very it was very unsatisfactory last year, no having playoffs and you know the the drama. That's I mean, look how well it's done for Cove and teams like that. I mean, Cove are now flying in League One, having got up through the pyramid. So yeah, it was disappointing, but. I think it's going to be difficult to, to get the, the playoffs done in the normal sense of the word. I think it would be less controversial this season than it was last season. Um, you look at Broader Rangers, who won 24 out of 26 games. And the Highland League handled it superbly last season. I, f- I think it was like eight days after the the sport was suspended in Scotland that they decided, you know what, let's give Broader Rangers the title. They were the best team in the league by a mile. But Unfortunately, in my view, uh, the teams in SPFL selfishly were against league reconstruction. I, I say that last season, Brora Rangers should be a SPFL team now, as of Kelty Hearts. It should be a 14 14 14. Um, but if league reconstruction didn't come into it last season, I can't see clubs backing it this season either. But at the same time, 
it would be less controversial because Brewer Rangers have only played three games. Bucky, Fissel, Fraser Brown, they're also in contention for the title, but they've also not played that many games either. My own gut feeling would be that it'd be as well cutting the losses and drawing a line under the Highland League right here, right now, uh, to be quite honest. Which, on a personal note, I'd be disappointed because I've, I've missed the Highland League, but um, I just think there's too many other factors at play and there's too many imponderables that they, they really don't know how things are going to pan out with the with the virus and the pandemic still. I'd agree with that. I mean, I want the Highland League to finish as well. It's great for communities across the Highland, but we've got to think of those communities as well. Public health has to come first. You haven't said anything I disagree with, but I suppose one thing we're going to be keeping track on over the next few weeks and months is what happens next. If a decision like that is finally made, what happens with the pyramid system? What happens with even summer football, the, the amateurs, the juniors? There's a lot still to be decided, even though we are where we are and there's a lot of uncertainty. There's going to have so many knock-on effects on what goes on. It's, it's going to be an interesting one, I think, to keep tabs on, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't like to be the person or people who are responsible for sorting this out. So having said all that and <laughs> discussed what needs to be done, I'm glad I'm not the person that has to do it. <laughs> Definitely. And even if the review marks the first to say, you know what, football can start again, they're going to need to train for two or three weeks before the actual games can actually take place because they'll need to get their fitness levels up. Um, the North Caledonian League said that will be the case for them. And it would probably be the same at Highland League level and League One, League Two level as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I say, there's, there's a lot still to be decided. One thing that we do know for sure is that Ross County suffered quite a bad loss last weekend against Dundee United in Dingwall. Well, you were at the game. Was it as bad as it looked? First half, Ross County were okay, I thought. Um, they were obviously listening to your podcast uh, last week and went for a 4-4-2 and uh, went with Jordan White and Billy Mackay up front. And they did create chances, um, but it was the same old story. Once they conceded a goal, their heads went down. John Hughes made light of that at full time. You know, Dungeon United were there for the taking in the first half. Laura Shankland had two golden chances, but he's not the same player as he was last season. Um, I don't know, possibly he might be found out a wee bit. Maybe he is a championship player. Is that a bit controversial? <laughs> we talked about that a bit last week as well, didn't we? It's, it's one of those Dundee United, when they're in form, he's, he's still a threat. You saw he got through on goal a couple of times against Ross County last week, but the confidence just isn't there right now. He, he hasn't gone through a challenge like this in the last few years. So I can understand if his head is dropped a little bit, but at the other end, well, okay, I'll actually ask you this, Will. Was it missed chances that cost County or was it defensive issues? Both, really. Um, like I said, White and Mackay, um, they showed plenty of spirit. Uh, pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> waiting all week for that one. It was. I, I was rubbing my hands. <laughs> um, they, they, they created plenty of chances up front. That you know They didn't find the net, so obviously it didn't work last weekend, but it wasn't a case of like it was in the first half of the campaign where they got to the final third and then wondered what to do. You know, they did manage to strike towards goal, but it's the same old story as it was in the first half of the campaign. Once they conceded a goal, heads went down. They didn't really create a chance afterwards. Um, and I think that was epitomised by the second goal uh, that Ryan Edwards scored. Uh, it was a corner kick. It was a free header in the six-yard box. Nobody went up with him on challenge and just nodded it straight into the back of the net. 
So that's something that Hughes is going to have to work on uh, when he faces Hibs on Saturday. Well, let me play you a little clip from when John Hughes was talking to the press earlier this week, because I personally thought this was quite an interesting take on things. What I'm happy about is we're getting up the top end of the pitch and we're creating chances. But it's the same problem. I've come here. We need to keep the back door shut and we need to score. We never seem to do that. We never, I think we've only done it once since I've come here, you know, kept the back door shut. So it's finding the balance. And the only way you're going to win games is if you score goals. So I'm one of these guys, I would rather have a right goal and try and score goals. And maybe sometimes you have to fly with the seat of pants a wee bit, you know, but to get bodies forward. So, um, you know, it's, it's 50-50. We can always change it. And, uh, but that's no, that's, no, that's no great for football. It's no great for football. It's something that we might have to do eventually uh, if we're winning a game and change it. But I want to have a go. I think we've got the players at our disposal to go and have a go. It's interesting because last week I was very much advocating for them to go attacking. I stand by that. I think that's the way forward. But with 10 games to go in this season still not out of a relegation battle do they need to just be a bit more defence minded was was I wrong last week as an outside observer I haven't seen much of County but looking at the situation they're in I think I mean their John Hughes was talking about well they haven't been able to shut the back door but he also wants to go forward and I think you can actually do both at the same time I think they need to be hard to beat at the moment in the situation they're in because I mean looking at the league table I reckon it's a three horse race for those bottom two spots and I watched Hamilton on Rangers on Sunday and Hamilton showed great spirit to get that point. And Kelly, I would have said Kelly are in dreadful form and they are sinking, but they, they might get a bounce from getting Tommy Wright in now. So um, Ross County did get an initial bounce for getting Yogi in, but they're now seeing things have settling down a wee bit. So I, I think they really need to grind out the results because um, I don't think at the moment County can maybe go and win games 4-3, 3-2. I think they need to grind out 1-0s and maybe 2-0s if they're a wee bit more adventurous. But um, looking at the league table, I think they need to you know, save themselves first and then next season they can build and look to be expansive. But I think needs must at the moment for Ross County, definitely. You know, Hamilton getting a draw at Rangers um, d- didn't help. off already this season, Will. What do you make of that one? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said Hamilton were doomed for bottom and then all of a sudden they get a, a great result against Rangers and a thoroughly deserved point as well. But the thing with Ross County is, yes, they've got a grind out results, but they need to get on the front foot to start with because we've seen all too often, once they go a goal down, it, it, it could be two, it could be three, so sometimes even four. Um, so they have to be adventurous to start with. Um, they did that against Aberdeen. They did that against Hibs as well um, under Hughes. So I think they do have to take the front foot in games. I don't think they can maybe afford to allow teams to come at them the way defend- they've played defensively this season. So you know, if I was John Hughes, I would maybe stick with the four-four-two. You know, there, there was. Signs that White and Mackay could develop a good partnership. Before it was harsh and Ollie Shaw getting dropped, um, the number of goals that he scored recently. So maybe Shaw could, could come in and partner one of the two. Probably Shaw over Mackay, maybe with Jordan White up front. Yeah, that seems the obvious change to make for the lineup, doesn't it? it? It's an interesting one because, like I said, last week I was all for 
them going more attacking. And hearing what Yogi said there and looking at the games coming up as well, they've got Hibs this weekend, they've got Celtic next weekend, and then their last eight games of the season are all against bottom six sides. I'm just in two minds there of whether that means it's teams who are maybe a bit lower on confidence, who aren't as good that they can go and attack, or whether it's just get the result at all costs, even if that's grinding out a 1-0. I'm really not sure anymore. It's, it's a weird one. One thing for sure, the bottom of the league is going to is more exciting to watch than the top of the league because I mean it's done and dusted and Rangers, you know, have got well, they've got more than one hand in the trophy. They've got both hands on it at the moment. They just need to be given the trophy. Um, so the, the bottom is going to be more exciting to watch from a, a neutral's point of view, and well, it maybe wouldn't be exciting for county fans. It may be nerve wracking, but it's, it's going to be, there's more there's more at stake and more interest at the bottom of the league at the moment. You know, I said. Um, when we first started these podcasts, you know, if Ross County finished 11th, that would be a success for them. The way the first half of the season went, I couldn't see anyone but Hamilton finishing below them. I'm still of that mindset. I think Kilmarnock could turn it around with Tommy Wright. You know, arguably St. Johnston's greatest ever manager did a one heck of a job there. So much European football he achieved, achieved with St. Johnston. So he knows how to get the best out of those players. But, you know, John Hughes, he's had not a bad start. You know, I, I'd maybe give him a 7 out of 10 um, since he's joined it to Ross County. Yes, he's probably lost games that they should have won, but they've beaten Hibernian, they've beaten Aberdeen, you know. They can pick up those extra points. But 11th would still be a success for Ross County in beating whoever's the playoff team in the championship. I can only see Hamilton uh, finishing below Ross County this season. Hibs are up in, in Dingwall tomorrow. They've beaten them down at Easter Road. Can they do the same thing again up in the Highlands? Do you think there was a, a bit of Hibernian underestimated Ross County the last time? I wonder if it was just a Hibernian team who were, again, like we are talking about Shankland earlier, low in confidence, a little bit out of form, um, and County maybe just got them at the right sort of time. It, it seems the last couple of weeks, Martin Boyle especially, has, has come right back into top form and is capable of blowing away pretty much any team in the league on his day. So I think it's going to be more difficult for County tomorrow, even though they've got home advantage. Yeah, Hibs, well, just on the basis of the results, they seem to have a team that's come through a wee bad dip and they seem to be getting their, their mojo back, if you like, you know, beating Aberdeen recently, that kind of thing. So I think Hibs will be a kind of tough prospect, even at home. They were off the boil, but Martin Boyle's got them back on it again. <laughs> oh. oh, why didn't we have that as a headline? Oh, that would have been perfect. Read today's Rosher Journal to not see that as a headline anywhere. Ah, well, you live and learn. <laughs> That's your match report then, sorted. Right. Straight away. <laughs> so, I don't often do this, but just to, to wrap this up on County, do you have a score prediction, Will? I'll go I'm for a, you on the spot. I'll go for 2 1 County. 2-1 County, just, okay. Just because of their success against top six teams, especially against Hibs and Aberdeen. Um, I reckon County will go 2-0 ahead and then Hibs will pull one back. There'll be a bit of a panic at the end, but yeah. <laughs> I have faith in the Staggies to pull it off on Saturday. Good stuff. Chris, I, I know you said you haven't seen as much of County, but any score prediction for us? I'll go for a 1-1 draw. One okay, fair I enough. I as well. I'm going to go 2-0 Hibs. I'm the pessimist here, apparently, but that's what we're going for. Um, let's move on then to Cali Thistle. Their game last weekend was called off. Their game midweek is called off. 
we're not particularly optimistic about their game tomorrow <laughs> going ahead. So let's talk about Anthony McDonald instead. He's come back to the club after a brief spell in Spain. What do you think? Good signing for Cali Thistle? Certainly impressive. Uh, the last time he was at Cali Thistle, um, could do well to maybe replace Kai Kennedy, similar sort of player. Um, obviously, it was a big loss, Kai Kennedy leaving the club, and you've just seen how well he's done at Rafe Rovers. But I, I think uh, Ante McDonald is a similar sort of player. Um, you know, he'll play, might be suited to uh, an attacking midfield three behind a lone striker. And um, actually, his best moment at Cali Thistle was against Greenwich Morton when he scored a goal. Um, and I think he was man of the match at Capi Lowe the last time he was there. But it's great to see him back and uh, might be the kind of player that Cali Thistle need to increase their attacking options. Because against Arbroath, oh, I'm maybe being a bit unfair because they were playing in hurricane force wins, but they didn't create that many chances against Arbroath, who are maybe unlucky not to win the game when they hit the post in the final few minutes. But he'll definitely give them an option and uh, could work well with my story up front, I reckon. Yeah, I quite like the signing for Cali Thistle. He's somebody who the manager knows really well. He's already been at the club, so he knows the style of play. He knows the environment. He's not going to have an issue settling in. He's still only 19 as well. I think we sometimes forget how young he actually is just because he feels like he's been around for so long. And if he can hit the ground running and the manager could take him to that next level, it could be a really, really astute signing for Cali Thistle. He wants to play in the Premiership. He's already been there with Hearts. Cali obviously want to get up there as well. I think it's quite a good match for them. I loved it up here. I was, I, I knew a lot of the boys, so being back's good as well because the boys are still the same relatively. Um, I've known Gaffer for for years, ever since he was at Hearts. So it's good of him to have the faith in me to to give me the opportunity to come up and play here. My agent had said to me, he was like, "What do you think about the about Inverness?" And my first thing was, "Yeah, definitely." I mean, I, I've I wanted to come back, so it's, it's, it was an easy decision for me because I'm, I know the place, I know the club, I know the boys, I know the manager, uh, and I've been up here before, so it was an easy decision for me to make. And the ambitions of the club as well is, is good for me, and hopefully we can we can push for what we deserve this season. You did have that taste of top flight football. I'm guessing that's where you want to get back to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's. It's an ambition for the club, and that's 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 what the club want. I think we've definitely got the players to do it. We've got the talent to do it. So it's just about picking up results week after week, and then see where we go. And he's coming with a point to prove as well, because he went to Dunfermline afterwards. Yeah, he was on loan at Dunfermline the season after he's at Cali. Yeah, and it didn't work out there. And then he went to Cordoba, and it didn't work out there for whatever reason. Um, and he, he was considered a success at Inverness Cali Fissel, so they've obviously got a style of play which suits his kind of football. Hopefully he can replicate what he did during his previous time at Inverness, and he seems to get on well with John Robertson as well. Uh, maybe some sort of player in stature too. To, to Robbo? To Robbo, yeah. I think Cali will just be desperate to get a game at the moment, regardless of what faces they've got, because it seems so long since they've for a game, one of the last games I remember is when they beat my team, Kunga South, 3 0 at Palmerston and the BBC. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's a difficult one for Cali because at the moment they're, they're as close to the bottom as they are to the playoffs um, and they've fallen behind the team, so they, they need to get some results. But I still think they, they can definitely make the playoffs. 
That's the thing. Um, they have to watch below them. Our Brof got a great result against Dunfermline last weekend, uh, 2-0. Uh, Alawa won as well. There's not much space in between Inverness and the bottom. I think they're still seventh uh, off the top of my head. I don't have the table in front of me. But it's only like, I think it's only three points away from Alawa Athletic. Yes, they've got all those teams in hand, but it's a big ask. So they've got to watch. The gap from fourth to tenth in that league is only nine points. Yeah, exactly. If, if Cali win their next game in hand, they could potentially go up two places in the league. And suddenly, again, you're looking at the top of the table instead of the bottom of the table. So, like you say, they just need to get these games on and hopefully they can get some results and start moving up. Like I say, even the manager, even John Robertson was saying it's unlikely that tomorrow's game against Morton is going to go ahead. So I'm not sure it's worth us talking about it in a huge amount of detail. I'll still be doing my sun dance. <laughs> but they were down at Capilou a couple of weeks ago and it was a tough game for them. I'm sure they'll be expecting more of the same at the weekend if it does go ahead. Yeah, but he, I mean, Robbo was really angry at full time after that game at Capilou uh, a few weeks ago. Um, they were 2-1 up. Morton had a man sent off after half an hour. And the thing that he was really annoyed about, and he used the word annoyed, was Cully Fissel allowed Morton to come at them. They were content with 2-1. They can't allow that to happen again. Because Morton, they're not, yes, they're not having a great time, but you look at those players, they're not a bad team. They will punish you, regardless of how many players they have, uh, 10 or 11, uh, as was proved at Capulo. But there was a mentality at Cully Fissel that players seem to think a one-goal lead is enough. They can't afford to think like that now, especially being so close to the bottom. And with the top four as well, I, I think there's a, a danger that the top four could pull away. Um, I know Dunfermline had a bad result at Arbroath, but most of the time I've seen them this season, they're a very good team. Uh, Rafe Rovers as well, excellent team. Dundee have the players, whether they can actually do it on the pitch is another story. I've been very critical of Dundee, but Cali Fissel need to start picking up wins because I think there is a chance those top four could pull away. So Inverness Cali Thistle might not be playing this weekend, but there's also a little bit of a question mark over the Inverness Half Marathon. It's one of those events, we're talking about some of them last week, that brings people in from all over the Highlands. It's, it's one of those great things for the area. Well, I think you were talking to the organisers, weren't you? What's, what's the latest on that? They're basically saying if, if they can run it, they will run it. Um, the event was originally meant to take place next month it was postponed till May but then we've had the news that Etap Loch Ness was postponed until August, it was supposed to be held in April uh, the Highland Cross was supposed to be held in June, that's been scrapped altogether, at least until 2022, so there was a question mark with that event, in between those two events will it take place uh, Malcolm Sutherland, the event director, says hopefully it can, but public health, as always, is going to be priority. Hopefully it can. Um, I know in Murray as well, Chris, there's a lot of big running events that take place. It, it, it's just not the same without them, is it? No, I mean, even, even from the likes of the, your regular park run on a Saturday morning, I mean, Elgin had one of the biggest park runs, hundreds of people turning up every Saturday. Um it's hard to see how the mass participation events can take place safely in the current climate, you know, um, and there's, there's already a lot of events, not necessarily sporting ones, you know, tariff show that are due to take place in June, July and into August and are already being cancelled. So I think it's it's still going to be very difficult to stage these events safely. Um, I don't know if you could 
stagger runners when they start, of different start times, but that would maybe take away some of the character of these community running events, you know. Um, so I think it's a very difficult one to, to, to judge. I love the optimism of the organisers saying that if they can run it safely, they will. But it's like you said, last year they had nearly 3,000 people it was, and they had over 1,000 people for the associated 5K event. You know, if, if you hold a, a lesser sort of running event, it's just going to take away with it. I'd love to see it go ahead, but I've got to be honest, I'm a bit pessimistic if it can in terms of public safety. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's not just... You're talking about public health, and, and that's absolutely right. But even if public health says they can go ahead with an event like the half marathon, will the public want to go and do something like that in, in those mass numbers? Will the law allow it as well? Well, wow. would it be classed as a holiday? Because, you know, the, the thing about the half marathon is it draws people from across the UK. Out of all the participants, I think it was only 47% actually came from the Highlands and Islands. The rest was from uh, across the rest of Scotland, uh, the rest of UK, Europe. Even people came from as far as Australia, if I remember the last time. But yeah, I don't think it'll get anywhere near those numbers. Um, maybe half, maybe even a quarter. But I think, as Chris said, it could be a staggered event. And will that just take away from what the, the Inverness Half Marathon is supposed to be? It would still be worth it, though, even if it was staggered starts or a quarter of the field. Something like this is, is so important to the athletics community in the area and, as you say, in other parts of the UK. They've still got to try and do something, don't they? I'm not sure about that. Just with public health being priority, you know, when I think of the half marathon, I think of people standing in the streets cheering each other on. Restrictions could be lifted by then, but you know, the danger could be the same. Would it be sensible to hold uh, an event which runs through the city centre, through the streets of Inverness, when there is that danger of not everyone is jagged yet? You know, there's still a chance of infection being spread. Because it's May the 16th, you know, there's still got to be a significant part of the population which hasn't uh, received a vaccine. Maybe just got a headline there yourself, Will Highland News and Media Sports Editor calls for half marathon to be cancelled. I hope not, but public safety has to be considered. It's very true. When I was saying before they have to try and do something, I only meant if they were allowed to. <laughs> obviously, if, yeah, yeah, if yeah. the mandate is there that they shouldn't have an event like this, then obviously that, that changes things. Yeah. I mean, look at the look at even the Olympics, a bigger scale, but they're talking about holding the Olympics behind closed doors, you know, because they can't guarantee people's safety. Um, I mean, I know it's on a different scale, but it's the same principle. You know, there'll be lots of spectators at the half marathon. As you say, if you take away the spectators and you take away the crowds of runners mingling and interacting and to reschedule it for later in the year when you might still get good weather and, as Will says, more people are going to have had their vaccine, it may be a safer option. And restrictions, again, if they did it in May, they might have to do it purely as a local event and not encourage people to travel because the restrictions might still be in place and it might still be essential travel only. And um, I don't think there's any way you could paint something like that as essential travel, you know? Um, so a lot of logistics involved in that, really. Yeah. And speaking of the Olympics, I read an article that the Japanese public, they don't want to hold the Olympics uh, this year now because of the, the fear that it's going to be a closed-door event. 
the majority of people there are saying, what's the point of hosting the Olympics if people can't enjoy it? And the same sort of philosophy can be said for any event, um, especially an event such as the half marathon, uh, the Loch Ness Marathon in October, when hopefully that will be in a better position to take place. 2020 was rubbish. Uh, just having none of these events was awful. We want them to come back uh, as they were when they, when they were in 2019 and before that. We don't want a half-baked event. Let's just wait until we can have it as it was. I can't say I particularly disagree with you there, Will. It's, uh, but you've mentioned the Olympics, but there was something that happened that is probably bigger than the Olympics. I know that's a big statement, but you know we're, we're right at the pinnacle of sport here. And I mentioned it right at the very start of this show. Scotland won the Calcutta Cup. I know, well, you were over the moon about that, but so were Ross Sutherland, who have undergone a little bit of a rebrand this week. Yep, um, appropriately named as well. Ross Sutherland Rugby Club have now become Rory Sutherland Rugby Club uh, in honour of the Loosehead Props performance at the weekend. Um, he had a fantastic, I think it was 65 minutes before he was taken off, but first win in London for 38 years. How good was that? I think it's only their fifth ever win at Twickenham, is that right? A fifth win, I, I believe that's right. Um, I wasn't even born the last time uh, Scotland won at Twickenham. I was 15 days away from being born, actually, to be precise. Um, I'm just giving away my age, you know. I, I know I'm known as the baby-faced assassin at Inverness Courier, but yeah. I'm Are you? Near- yes, I am. Um, so, <laughs> I, I was born the last time Scotland won at Twickenham, so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you remember it well? I, I don't remember it that well. I was just a young boy, but. I probably watched the game because I did watch a lot of rugby when I was a young lad and I played it, but uh, the game last weekend was fantastic. It really, at a time when people needed a boost, it was, well, particularly north of the border. I know south of the border obviously didn't give them a boost, but in terms of Scotland the nation, it was just fantastic to watch. Um, and I mean, I thought watching, you know, the rugby in an empty Twickenham might feel a bit soulless, but and far from it, it was really fantastic. The juices flowing, so it was good. Fantastic. What's going on with Scottish sport just now? You know, Scotland qualifying for the Euros, Scotland winning at Twickenham. You know, what's next? Andrew Murray is going to uh, win the French Open. Stephen Hendry's got to win the Crucible. You know, we're on a high, folks. It's typically Scottish that all these things are happening when no fans are allowed in to see it, though, isn't it? <laughs> hey. Really? You can't get much more Scottish in sport than that. Yeah, I'll take it for how many heartbreaks have we had? No, very true. Even in my relatively young life compared to you, Will. How old are you anyway, Hendo? Oh, do you want to know? I think the listeners want to know. Mind you, we can't see any video footage, so we can't tell if you're lying or not. So we can keep it a secret. I'm maybe the oldest one, but I'm I'm the freshest, facest one of them a lot because you got you two. I mean, I know people can't see it, but you two have got very nice lockdown beards going on. I mean, I'm clean shaven, but at my age, you've got to do as much as you can to remain youthful. It's the essence. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think we've pretty much covered sport in the Highlands and apparently beyond this week. Um, Chris, uh, since you're on from the Northern Scot, are there any stories in the paper this week that people should pay particular attention to? Sports or anything in general. Anything, just whatever you want to plug, go for it. Well, we've got we've got the the, the ongoing case of the chap from Lossiemouth, which is actually where I live, who's, who's fighting deportation back to China. He's lived here for 17 years, Mark Freeman, um, and his 
visa has been denied to stay on. So he's, he's fighting that. So everybody lost him. I think there's 4,000 people signed a petition and the case is going to the Home Secretary. So I'll keep my fingers crossed for Matt that he's allowed to stay because he has no family in China, no links there now. So he's very much a part of the community here. So and local maternity services in Murray, um, we're fighting to retain them because there's a kind of leak to Aberdeen. So that's another big issue. And back to HL City being the main issue with the which we've already touched on about the trying to get football back. Go and buy a copy of the Northern Scott. <laughs> Not much more to say than that. No. Um, I'll just give a, a quick shout out as well to our colleagues further north at the John O'Groat Journal. Alan Hendry there was talking to Michael Gray, who is the manager at Pentland United and the assistant at Wick Academy. I think I've got all of that the right way around. And he's been talking a lot about what this current lockdown and what the regulations mean for football up there. Some really interesting stuff in that, so go and check that out. It was a fantastic piece. I had the chance to read it myself. And the thing people uh, elsewhere in the Highlands of Murray might not understand about Caithness, amateur football is absolutely huge up there. Um, and Pentland United are, are arguably the biggest club, but not the most successful club at the moment. I better say that in case Wick Groats come after me because uh, they've won the last seven titles in a row. <laughs> and they will. They know who you are. But Pentland United, you know, they have their own ground. These clubs, they can get like hundreds of fans coming to games, especially the big games as well. And it's such a community event. And the, the thing Michael Gray was getting across is if they're not allowed fans to come and uh, watch these games, what's the point of having summer football at all? And it, 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 that's what we were speaking about earlier with the Highland League as well. Yeah, um, They are so important to their communities. Um, safety has to come first. Yeah, but no, it's a fantastic article by Alan Hendry. So um, the growth is always worth buying, but go and buy it this week as well. Yeah, it's a good one. And like we always say at the end of these episodes, just buy a paper, whether that's Northern Scott, the John Groat Journal, the Inverness Courier, the Rosher Journal, whatever, go and buy a paper. It will be worthwhile. There's some fantastic journalism out there. If you want to get in touch with the show, we're on Twitter at balls underscore whistles. I nearly forgot our own Twitter handle there. Um, you can also get in touch with us now by email at ballsandwhistles, that's the word and, not an ampersand, at hnmedia.co.uk. Uh, you can go and follow Northern Scott on all social media. Uh, Will will be back next week with the next edition of Balls and Whistles. I'm actually off on holiday, so it's going to be a Will special basically next week. Have fun with that one. I hope you're not going anywhere. That's breaking the law. I hope you're staying at home. Yeah, what, no, of course I'm staying at home. What can you do in holiday at the moment, Andrew? Aye, you might as well come back. Okay, I'd say I've got a week. I've got a week off work. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything with it. But it's technically a holiday in inverted commas. <laughs> I'm just going to get all this attitude from the two of you. I did not expect that to happen. Come on now. Disclaimer: Hendo has no intention of breaking the law. <laughs> of course, I never do break the law. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I'm a law-abiding citizen at all times, naturally. Mm. I say that really sarcastically. That's true. I don't know. That, that's weird. But okay, for the time being then, Will will be back next week. That wraps us up here. So go buy a paper and thank you for listening. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Andrew. Cheers, Will. Thanks to catch up with you. Cheers.